Look out, Rangers. I'm your host, Jacob Cyrus, and as always, thank you for listening. Guys, it is October the 1st of 2020, and I'm going to start off by mentioning a fun fact for the 2020 regular season, even though it is behind us. This is just something y'all can say by the water cooler during a break or something. Hey, did you know that over 40% of reviews were overturned because of challenges and check calls this season? I thought that tidbit was pretty neat because it just goes to show you how much umpires miss right there with their naked eye. Also, we got another announcement from the MLB. The MLB announced that Globe Life Field will have fans in attendance for the NLCS and the World Series. And what a way to fill up that park for the first time. Starting off on a good note, y'all. It's going to be electric. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into the ball games. We have Atlanta and Cincinnati game two in a best of three as Cincinnati was against the ropes. Let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. Cincinnati strands loaded bases in the second on another one-out failure to convert. It wouldn't be until the bottom of the fifth when the Braves would put the first run on the board as Ronald Acuna Jr. doubled on Luis Castillo to left center field. Austin Riley hauled tail from first base in order to lock in the first lead taken of the day. I mean, he was flat out scooting. Castillo would be replaced by Lucas Sims after going just over five innings, allowing six hits off seven strikeouts and only the one earned run. Rasil Iglesias would replace Lucas Sims going into the eighth as he would rack up four strikeouts in just under two innings. Freddie Freeman would walk to start the bottom frame of the eighth as Marcel Ozuna would go yaw-yaw yaw in left center field, scoring two, making the lead further out of reach, 3-1. to one. And you could hear the disappointment in the Reds' radio booth as Brian Goodwin and Eugenio Suarez would allow a gimme pop-up in foul territory to drop to the ground, giving the error to Suarez, but it was clearly Goodwin's to catch as Ozzie Obbies would eventually walk to first. Alright, this is where it starts getting ugly. And it would be Adam Duvall to make the Reds pay for their mistake, as he also sends a line drive over the left field fence, making that two two-run homers in the eighth inning, as Coach David Bell would yank Rasil Iglesias from the game and put in Michael Lorenzen. The score 5-0 going into the ninth. Rasil would only allow two hits for the inning, but these are the Braves we've seen all year. As the old saying goes, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. The Reds would fail to make a dent in the ninth inning as the 3-4-5 hitters go 1-2-3, advancing the Atlanta Braves to the NLDS. you got to really soak in the effort on both sides of the field for the Braves because their bats have proven all year that they don't really get going until after the fifth or sixth inning and this really dates back to the middle of their season this year. So that's something to keep in mind for whoever comes out on top of this Marlins Cubs series. We will find out the winner at a later time, however, as weather conditions postpone Game 2 at Wrigley Field today. Also, the Braves pitching was spot on today. I had to note that as starting pitcher Ian Anderson would nab the W in six innings pitch, giving up the only two hits by the Reds and striking out nine total batters as the bullpen would extend the team's total Ks at 12 
which makes it 28 strikeouts in two games of the postseason so far for the Atlanta Braves. And now we'll go ahead and move on to, wow, just a whopper of a series. This has definitely been the best series. That game one with Cincinnati and Atlanta was one of my favorite games of all time. However, the Chicago White Sox and Oakland A's series was just phenomenal from start to finish. Let's go ahead and get into that now. The first decider game of the wild card series took place today, and it was one I'd been anticipating since the day began, really. I'm referring to the Oakland Athletics and the Chicago White Sox series. Things got chippy early in reference to the wood. Tommy LaStella would lead off the bottom of the first with a center field line drive for a single as he would eventually advance to third off a Mark Canham matching liner to center field, putting runners on the corners with two outs. Oh, and by the way, um, before I forget, I have coined the town of Cincinnati as the land of missed opportunities. Just had to throw that out there. All right, let's get back into this game. Okay. However, without giving up two runs in the first inning like the White Sox did yesterday, starting pitcher Dane Dunning would be replaced by Garrett Crochet, who would strike out Matt Olson on a 1-2 slider to get out of the jam there early on. Luis Robert would lead off in the second as he turned on a 90-mile-an-hour four-seamer by starting pitcher Mike Fires to put up the first run on the scoreboard for Chicago with a home run over the L gap. And boy, did that ball carry. 487 feet, in fact. Good gosh. And then Nick Madrigal would come up to bat after a couple fires, strikeouts, and single on a bouncy grounder to center field. I was surprised Madrigal never attempted to steal second base during Tim Anderson's at-bat, who has had Oakland's number all series. Anderson would battle a count and line one down the right field line, holding up Madrigal to third base. See, he probably would have scored had he stolen I don't know. That's just my take. But nonetheless, they put runners on second and third with that Anderson double. Yasmani Grandal, who has homered in both games prior, would drum up a walk to load the bases and ultimately send Mike Fires to the dugout early as he would be replaced by the 35-year-old Yusmario Petit in hopes to clean up the mess. He would face Jose Abreu who looked to redeem himself after the same batting situation in the ninth inning yesterday. Petit would get it done, however, on a second pitch cutter to ground out Abreu on the routine 5-3 play to keep the deficit at 1-0 White Sox. The White Sox kept the bats hot with a leadoff double to the center field fence by Eloy Jimenez. Or Jimenez. I, 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 I swear, I, I can't. I can't with it. After a brief pause, though, Eloy's body language in regards to his foot would have him replaced by James McCann for the rest of the game as the runner on second base, and the substitution actually proved to be for the best as Luis Robert would come up to bat and single up the middle, scoring McCann and advancing to second on the throw to home. Now, former Texas Ranger Nomar Mazzaro would follow Robert as he tagged the off-speed change for a sharp RBI double to left field, extending the lead 3 to nothing. Chicago had eight hits through three innings there early on. And they even had that missed opportunity in the first with uh, the Oakland A's getting out of that jam. 
the A's would try to answer back in the bottom of the third as Aaron Bummer would struggle to retire batters as Sean Murphy led off with a walk and a Mark Simeon liner out in center field, putting runners on the corners with one out. Chad Pender would pinch hit for Jake Lamb as Cody Hoyer would take the mound from Bummer. A moment later, shortstop Tim Anderson, however, would lay out for a sharp grounder, saving the run. It wasn't a web gym, but he definitely did. He batted down the ball, saving the run. However, the bases would load up, putting pressure on Hoyer, but he was not shaken by the situation and was able to land an infield fly roll pop-up at second by Mark Canna. Matt Olson would take the batter's box and ultimately fail to connect as he struck out a second time on the 2-2 heater as the White Sox were able to get out of another nail-biter. However, in the bottom of the fourth, I know it sounds like I'm just going like inning by inning, but there was crazy stuff going on this whole game, and it would be a disservice if I didn't note it. So let's get back into it. However, in the bottom of the fourth, Oakland finally answered back as Robbie Grossman grabbed first off a walk. Hoyer would grab himself a couple outs, but it was Sean Murphy who sailed one over the left field fence, cutting the lead down 3-2 Chicago. All right, so things are starting to heat up. The A's wouldn't stop there as Hoyer gets substituted by Carlos Rodon. Rodon walked La Stella and gave up a double to Simeon's hot bat out in left field, advancing La Stella to third. And so Rodon intentionally walked Chad Pender for the force out anywhere. However, Rodon would be replaced by Matt Foster, who lost the battle to Mark Canna. Listen to this, guys. He lost the battle to Mark Canna as he walked in a run to tie the game and not even finish. And to add insult to injury, he did the same thing to Matt Olson, giving the A's the go-ahead lead 4-3. He did, however, manage to get a pop-up to retire the side going into the fifth inning, but the damage was done, y'all. Third base. Yoan Moncada would knock a ground ball, a GB single, to center field after a hard-fought battle at the plate and go on to steal second with two outs and Mazzara up the bat. Mazzara would collect on a 3-2 slider as he singled on a grounder to right field, scoring Moncada to even the score at four apiece. You see what I'm saying? This game was just neck and neck, man. It was a great game. If you missed it, you missed a good one. In the bottom of the fifth, hopefully this podcast uh, uh, does it well. In the bottom of the fifth, the White Sox would drum up two quick outs, but Evan Marshall, who replaced Matt Foster after the fourth, would go on to walk Sean Murphy. No harm, no foul, as he put two early strikes on Listella, but unfortunately, Grindall had hit like he had his mid out, man. Ah, oh, man, this happened earlier in the season for the White Sox. So let's go ahead. Grindall had his mid out too far on the changeup, and Lestella ended up connecting on his glove for the E2 catcher interference. I know, man. And listen, it gets worse. Putting runners on first and second, Simeon would wind up walking to juice the bases as the previously intentional walk Pender would approach the plate. And he'd capitalize on the Chicago gimme and leak one to left field, scoring two, giving Oakland the ultimate lead again of 6-2. And this all went down off of one hit. You hear me? Two runs off one hit. You feel me? That's that's baseball, baby. That's postseason baseball at its finest. Top of the seventh, guys. And the White Sox strand loaded bases as they failed to capitalize on Oakland's mistakes, putting three runners on base without much help needed from Chicago's bats. 
Nonetheless, they got out unscathed, no harm done. Tim Anderson, however, he did make a little bit of history, if that's what you want to call it, with three hits in his first three postseason games, being the first to do it. And to be honest, guys, I hate stupid so-called records like that. I really do. If you have to dig that deep in the stat book, is it really even worth mentioning? Anyway, that's where things fizzled out for the White Sox as the A's cemented their 6-4 victory on a hard-fought wildcard series after being down one in a best of three. They would advance to the ALDS taking on the very familiar Houston Astros in a five-game series. Moving on to the Cardinals-Padres game, two, as San Diego seems to be in the same boat as last night. Just from what I'm seeing, giving up a slew of runs in the first couple of innings as they are down 4-0 in the third inning. I'm recording this uh, while the game's going on, so there might be a lead change. I have no idea. I'm probably not going to catch any of the Dodgers-Brewers game two, but if I'm a betting man, I feel confident in LA taking this one for a sweep to advance to NLDS, taking on most likely the St. Louis Cardinals. That's just the way it seems. I truly underestimated St. Louis. In fact, here are teams that I was completely wrong about going into this postseason. If you saw my bracket right now, I swear you'd smack me in the face with it. Houston, starting off with Houston. As they were the first to socket to my predictions in a sweep on Minnesota, who also surprised me with how flat they looked. I mean, they just, ah, that that was not the Minnesota team I'd read about. You know what I mean? Um, however, not that I was paying a lot of attention due to baseball overload last night, but the New York Yankees are another one I underestimated. They're not even an underrated team. I was just flat out wrong about them. And Cleveland, for that matter. I really think I just wanted to be right because I don't like seeing them in it for some reason. I'm talking about the Yankees. I have no idea where it comes from. I really don't. Uh, I did note that back in the day, I think it's possibly from those Nigerians. I'm not being racist. Possibly those Nigerians who would come to a uh, county fair. We called it uh, the Apple Day Festival uh, back in my hometown in Kentucky. Uh... These Nigerians would come to the county fair back home and they would sell like these fake new era flat bill hats and they only had Yankee symbols on them. They had them in like every color imaginable. Um, But I just remember that they like they sold fake purses, fake hats and like cheap sunglasses that the paint would scratch off. I don't know. I, I attribute it to that. They uh, the only hats that had Yankee symbols on them and I think it just kind of like embedded in my brain. And so that's why I have the resentment for them. Uh, nonetheless, I was wrong about the Cubs so far, but I still think they're going to cover uh, these next two games. We'll see if I eat my words on that remark, really. And, of course, uh, I had the White Sox going deep in the postseason. So another AL West Division rival advances. It just pisses me off. I guess I could go the old uh, classic SEC fan route and cheer for the conference instead of your own team. You know, well, you got your SEC, son. Go Bama. You know? Classic. It pisses me off. Cheering, cheer for a team and not a conference. My gosh. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to cheer for Houston or Oakland. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not about that life. They're just going to rub our noses in their accomplishments next year, so why support it? I mean, am I wrong or am I just being bitter? Maybe. 
Uh, maybe. Uh, but the Padres, they better step up here in the second half of the ball game or all that electric talent will be spending the rest of the postseason on the couch. And I had them winning in all my bracket. I'm an idiot, guys. That's really the subject matter of this podcast. Jacob Cyrus watches baseball 24-7 for the past, you know, 75 days only to get his bracket completely wrong and broadcast his low baseball IQ to the world. Uh, That's pretty much all I've got, guys. I mean, we've got some great baseball up ahead as teams are starting to advance and uh, make this just a little bit more sweet, man. I'm, I'm still pumped, still as pumped as I was when the postseason started, even though my predictions are wrong. You've got... Tampa Bay facing off uh, the New York Yankees there in San Diego for the ALDS. You've got Houston and the uh, Oakland A's out in Los Angeles for the ALDS. They're in the bottom half. And then over here in the National League side of things, you've got the Atlanta Braves who swept the Cincinnati Reds today. They will advance to play the winner of the Cubs-Marlins series. If the Marlins win, I, I guess tomorrow's game, uh, since it got postponed today, uh, I swear, I, I just, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like all these like so-called powerhouses just didn't show up for the postseason or something. I don't know. Um, I still have the Cubs going, so I'm, I'm just going to say the Braves and the Cubs. And I was wrong about San Diego, man. I just don't think they got it. Uh, so St. Louis and L.A. Dodgers, man, they're in Arlington for the NLDS. Um, that'll be an exciting matchup. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make any predictions until all these teams get into their uh, divisional series, and then I'll do a new bracket just to make myself feel better because of how stupid I am. But let's go ahead and check out this score, and then I'll close out. I just want to see what the score is before I part ways with you guys in this St. Louis uh, ball game here with uh, San Diego. If my stuff will ever load, it's loading. Bear with me. Cue the Jeopardy music. It ain't happening. It ain't gonna happen, bowls. All right, let me check my my MLB app. I was on the C- CBS uh, app, and I don't know. I just can't load the da- the data. It's not loading, guys. It's a mystery. All right, you tell me. Your guess is as good as mine. But I'm going to go out on a whim and say St. Louis put up a couple more runs and the Padres might have put up one. I don't know. But guys, I'm signing off for the night. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to uh, another one tomorrow evening as things keep coming down closer and closer to the wire. Um, And yeah, I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good one, guys. And I am out of here.